Hello everybody and welcome back to Inspected Goals, the podcast where we try to improve our play through a more analytical approach. Um, yeah, for the first time in uh, two or three months that we're podcasting, uh, because we've, well, life's been a bit uh, mad for me for a few different reasons and got a bit overwhelming and we've all just been quite busy. So that's why we've not podcasted since I think early November, something like that, maybe even before then. Um, but we're back and I'm back with Ben, which is the perfect time to do a podcast with Ben. I assume you're a very busy man at the moment, Ben. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not normally very busy, but this week has been <laughs> been busy for me. I did another podcast yesterday, and, and now a podcast today, and then tonight I'll be I'll be focusing on my own team, on my own team after spending the the rest of the week looking at fixtures and spending all the time we're trying to work out permutations and stuff for other people. I was going to say it must be quite tricky because you're kind of the go-to guy in terms of fixtures. Do you get a lot of people just messaging you, asking you questions, and you constantly are saying to them, "It depends on your team." Yeah, I, I just actually just ignore the the, the the my team tools or the team specific questions mm. that I get in messages because it's it's not a good use of my time to be to be answering that, and I can't like answer one person and then not answer another person. That wouldn't mm. be fair, so I just ignore them all. Yeah, and it must be a nice time to do FPL content. Do you know what we don't have it on here, but on some of the other channels. I've, you go on there and it shows like your live rank. Um, that must be quite satisfying for you at the moment. You're 1.9k. You have the last, I don't know, how have you got to there? Because I, I reckon even just like before we stopped this podcast, like you were you were behind me, Luke and Seb, but actually by quite a significant amount. And I remember you like worrying that you were going to have a bad season. And then you've had an insane like last, particularly last like five or six game weeks. Is that right? Like what's been the key things that have uh, gone right during that time? I don't know. Looking, it's just good luck, isn't it? Because um, looking at the the, the season long graph on FPL optimized, my like expected line has been like a steady gradient up, but my realized line was like w- below below expected for a lot of the time, and then it suddenly shot up, and the gradient was so steep, and, and just showed how lucky I was getting. Um, yeah, it's been mainly good luck and consistent play, but like bad luck over the past couple of weeks is starting to have an effect like i made the gamble to attack two liverpool liverpool players when they played burnley before their double game week mm. i've got allison and jota when i really should have just got one of them say and saved my transfer and being being cautious um but then Alice, i had to do allison to kelleher last week and that meant i had to take a hit last week um as well and then i got got a huang and then yeah everyone's a lot of people have suffered from the huang situation but yeah it's, yeah looking back on that uh i guess we we all bought him not knowing what was going to happen in game week 29 and at the moment we've got well we've now definitely got four fixtures in game week 29 but i guess we expected that even though um it was expected to be four if all the favorites won the chances were that the, all the favorites wouldn't win weren't they so it felt like it was fairly low risk like the chances were we we were going to have five or six fixtures in 29. Yeah. Most likely there were five fixtures. And when I was running Souls on review, I like put in this situation where all the favourites win, even though that, that was unlikely. I just ran it with this situation to see if it would still tell me to get Huang over Louise or Bowen. And it's and Huang was still way ahead, even though he had one yeah. less fixture on that on that Souls than, than Bowen mm-hmm. um, and, and Louise. So I felt safe going, going for Huang. I didn't feel like it was much of a risk. And everyone else was doing it as well. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It says a lot about how bad Sheffield United are, probably. To be honest, because yeah, he was the level. Main reasons. He was top top captaincy option level yeah. with with 
uh, Haaland and Saka. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, and I've also I've also had a pretty uh, yeah very lucky last kind of few months of FPL. I'm four point eight k now, so doing really well. But I guess when you get lucky and it happens to be in the double game weeks, that's where you've got super lucky, isn't it? Like for me, particularly with injuries. So for me, uh, I didn't have Darwin Nunes, and he was like one of the biggest threats to my rank. Then he goes off injured. Uh, Diaz instead suddenly Diaz's minutes are probably higher in the second game so yeah when you get that luck when it happens to align with the double game week and you get the knock on effect of the second game <laughs> that's where um, you can be flying so I got a lot of luck around that by having Diaz and not having Darwin and then the same in the in the kind of city fixtures I think didn't Foden and De Bruyne blank across both I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head now um, but I had uh yeah, I had Edison in goal and he did really well across the two fixtures, even though he got one clean sheet, he got five points in the other game. Uh, and had Alvarez as well, who got the assist for Haaland's goal in the second game. So I've had, yeah, had loads of things like go my way also. And yeah, my aim, I'd love to get another top 10. I've only finished in the top 10k once, which was a couple of seasons ago. I finished 1.8k. Yeah, I think my aim is just to finish in the top 10k again. If I could do that, I'd be delighted. Um and yeah, it's probably worth shouting out Luke and Seb as well. Like they're both having really good seasons as well. Luke's two point seven k. Um, he's been the head head of the the rest of us for most of the season actually until you've overtaken him recently. And Seb's seventeen point four k. Again, like <laughs> really really good season. I think he's probably only fifteen points behind me or something. And all quite different routes to get there. I think you guys all wildcarded in eight, but you know Luke went without and Seb went without Haaland for that period. You went with both. I waited to wildcard 17. So quite different routes to get there, but we're yeah all doing well, probably all playing fairly well, but also all been very lucky so far, which uh, is nice. Yeah, really nice. I think it's been a good season in general for analytics-based managers, like better yeah. than last year. So that just us four doing, doing well is just like an example, a small sample size of the, 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 the main, the, mm. the wider, wider landscape. I think the interesting thing as well is two seasons ago, that was the case as well. So not last season, the season before, loads of analytics managers did really well. And there were loads of them finishing the top 10k, uh, etc. Whereas it wasn't necessarily the case as much last year. So I wonder how much of that is like analytics improving in terms of better quality underlying data, a better qual- like review getting better essentially. And how much of it is just like analytics managers will generally do well, but it's a bit random each season how the luck goes. And this one happens to be a bit more of a lucky one. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe a bit of both. Maybe. I'm not sure either. I started oh. using review. To, um, I used my last season was the first full season using review. I first started using it in like game week 30 or 31 of the season before that. So it's almost coming like the full two, full two years of me using review. And yeah. I guess it has improved my play quite a bit. But I was getting decent finishes before then. But I've been more consistent. Like yeah. I, I broke into the top 1k. Uh, this season and I broke into the top 1k last season and the only t- two times I've been in the top 1k at, at all in the FPL history only twice that's pathetic <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna that was actually gonna so this ep, this episode for those of you listening is it's just gonna be a QA and a episode probably a shorter one than normal you know if I'd really recommend listening to the podcast Ben did with uh, I think Fancy Football Hub yesterday because he went through stuff in a lot of detail in terms of doubles blanks etc um this one's a bit more of a Q&A episode, so I'm just going to ask Ben um, eight or nine questions. I'll give my thoughts on those kind of things as well, and it'll be primarily around um, fixtures and it's questions you've asked us. And my question was, my first question was going to be from me and was going to be to Ben to say, like, how does he do it so consistently? I guess you've covered that a bit, but I guess I'm interested to know, you kind of touched on it there. 
um, since you've used started using review, like how differently do you think you've played? Um, you said you think it's improved your play, but are there any things like you're really obviously doing differently in terms of, you know, for example, number of hits you take or how you choose captaincy or anything like that? Is there anything really obvious, or do you think before that you were playing quite like a analytics manager, maybe, you know, without realizing it in some ways? I think I was playing like an analytics manager without realizing it because I managed to qualify for you know the Simon does the analytics elite leagues yeah. and I I qualified for that division last year without having had a full season of review review yet so I was probably playing quite sharply but it has sharpened my play being on review definitely I, I don't know exactly what I'm doing well like I'm I'm quite new to using review and yet I'm still getting pretty good um M- md ranks the, mm. the underlying rankings and I, I don't know what i'm doing better than people i think i must be getting some like it shows you how lucky you're getting on on review but i must be getting like the unmeasurable luck as well like the injuries and stuff that it can't even measure i must must be getting lucky like that as well yeah they can't just be random stuff like that can't they you know for example uh and you know if like if you owned bowen last week for example like any scores a hat trick, like that's lucky. But even only a player like Haaland and he scores a hat trick is always lucky by definition because you never expect a player to score a hat trick. Um, but those kind of things, I guess, um, we we maybe don't think of those things as much when we think of luck because we think, oh, it's Haaland, of course he can score a hat trick. And I think those are the kind of things I've realised that analytics accounts for that helps me to understand when I've been lucky or unlucky. If I pick a player who's a really good pick and they score a hat trick, I don't think of that automatically in my head or that was, as oh that was pretty lucky, because in my head they were a good pick. Whereas I tend to think of like the injuries basically, and you know how double game weeks fall. They're the more obvious things, but I think analytics helps us to understand just game week by game by game week just how many small elements there are of luck there are within every single game, within a game yeah. week. Um, yeah, um, great. So we'll just go straight into some questions. Um, so I guess. As just as a brief summary, we've, we've we for people who are really out of the loop, we've now got the confirmed fixtures for double game week 29, which is four uh, fixtures that are taking place. Villa, West Ham, Brentford, Burnley, uh, Fulham, Spurs and Luton, Nottingham Forest. So only four fixtures there, but four not particularly exciting fixtures. We've got the blank, the double sorry in game week 28 that we already knew about with Bournemouth playing Luton. So both those teams doubling. And then later down the line in game week 34 and 37, there's two potential doubles slash maybe blanks as well in those game weeks as well. So in relation to that, the first question from Kokosh on Twitter says, if you can get to eight blank game week 29 players without any hits, does free hits still make sense? And probably good on for you to answer, Ben, because I think you were or are in a similar position to this when we were chatting before yeah, we the podcast. Were, we were both in the, in the similar situation before Richarlison's injury I could I could get to eight and you could get to eight, but one of my eight was Charlie Taylor, so it's like seven and a half. But you were eight good players, so I was I was more on the borderline, and I think you were you were going to try and not free hit a wild card. Mm. But now that we've lost Richarlison, I can only get to seven. One of them includes Charlie Taylor, and I've got a weak team for this this week. I think I just have to commit to the free hit twenty nine plan. I mean, yeah. wild carding is is an option for me this week, but I think free hit twenty nine is better. Yeah, I think yeah, as you've touched on there, ultimately it doesn't just depend on the players; it depends on the quality of those players. Um, so I think if you can get to eight still, even with the Richarlison injury. So for example, if you didn't own him and you sold, let's say you had Richarlison and Palmer last game week, and you sold Richarlison, um, 
and you can get to eight without a hit, I think it's still viable because, for example, the one you could tie that in with getting Luton players, and you're not only you know taking a hit, but you're taking a hit and gaining two extra fixtures on a lot of players or on the player you're transferring out. Although Luton, Luton might not sound that appetising. I think they're the players you ultimately have to target if you go for that strategy. Um, and it might be that you go for Kaminsky or uh, or Morris or um, or Doty. Um, so that's the route you go down. I think it is viable depending on your team. And another benefit of that in game week 29 is your team will probably be fairly good for 30 because the chances are for to have a team good enough to not free hit in 29, you probably have triple spurs already. And in 30, I think they play Luton, do they? Is that right? Uh, 30. Yeah, they play Luton in 30. So that's really nice. And the chances are also in 29, particularly if you plan to free hit, not free hit 29, but wildcard 31. In 29, you can transfer out Haaland, for example, or even in 28 um, and transition to Salah then really easily in 30, where the managers not, might not be able to do that. And he's a potential captain against Brighton. Also, in maybe in 29, in order to get those extra players that you need, maybe you transfer out an Arsenal player. And again, you avoid the Arsenal-Man City fixture in 30. So I think it's in general a very viable strategy and potentially viable if you can get to weight with no hits. I think anything below that is a struggle. And that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I had um, eight with no hits. I was planning, with the plan I had, it was to get nine for a minus four, maybe 10 for a minus eight. But now it's the fact I'm taking those extra hits. But it's also the fact that, yeah, there's the uncertainty between now and then, I guess. If suddenly a couple more players get injured, then I'm pretty screwed. Um, and then I've missed out on the opportunity to attack. Uh, 28 as well not got Bournemouth players and it's too late yeah I think I was I, if I was going to be going towards the no free hit in 29 route I was eyeing up like a minus 8 next week of three Man City players to three Luton players which would have seemed a bit extreme at the start <laughs> of the season but it would have it would have made sense for my team yeah I was where one of mine was I was going to uh, I was going to sell Harlan next week potentially or in 29 uh, and then in 30 I was going to do Ross Barkley to Salah which would just been an epic free transfer. So I really wanted to do it just yeah. so I could do Ross Barkley to Salah as my one transfer. This would have felt like a really like a really a baller move. Um, but yeah, I don't think I think that plans out the window for me now. Um, and it, yeah, so I guess in summary, it depends on the players you have. Um, but there are potentially lots of benefits to that if you can get eight for free still, and you don't have Rich Allison for example already. That could be great. Um, yeah. Next question, Ben. Uh, you know, who are the the most likely? double game week 34 teams um, and are there going to be other possible small double game weeks as well outside of that um, I'll just move to the next graphic actually that I think shows the probabilities yeah so I've just updated this spreadsheet based on the uh, the odds have changed a bit I think Man United's odds of, of beating Liverpool have shortened a bit mm. so we've got the most likely teams to double in, in 34 Sheffield United <clears throat> versus Burnley and Man United. So you wouldn't want any of their players. Crystal Palace, um, two home games against West Ham and Newcastle. That's a 70% chance of a double. Uh, Bournemouth, which, Bournemouth is interesting. Um, There's about 60% to double. Um, and that would be Villa and Wolves. And so that would be helpful for people who are free hitting in, in 29 because you can, you can get your three Bournemouth players maybe for mm. their double game week and then hope that they double in in 34 because like the, the one issue when if you're free hitting in 29 is is um, bridging the gap from from now to to double game week 34 
you, you don't want to have zero double game week 34 players in your team by game week 13 and then having to panic and bring in loads with with hits and stuff you want to set yourself up a little bit um other teams i mean man united and newcastle they're around 40 percent of du- doubling then this is just based on my approximations and a few other people like talia and, and um, people on the, on the discord so it could go in a number of ways like in the FA Cup quarterfinals, if Liverpool lose to Man United, then they have a good chance of doubling in 34. Um, if Wolves lose to Coventry, they'd have a good chance of doubling. So a lot of it is dependent on the results in the quarterfinals. Something that's quite nice as well that I've just picked up in there from you saying that is particularly with Newcastle, their lead into game week 34 is fairly nice. West Ham at home, Everton at home, Fulham away, Tottenham at home, it's not terrible at all. It's fine so you, if you're not free-hitting 34 and you're free-hitting 29. I guess those are some players you target there if that looks like it's going to happen. And then immediately after, they've got Sheffield United. So that would almost be frustrating if you were free-hitting them in and you didn't get them before that. And then suddenly you lose those players for when they play Sheffield United. United's fixtures aren't as good prior to that potential double. But again, they've got Burnley straight afterwards at home. So I guess that's, you know, if that fixture does fall there, that'll be really nice for people not free-hitting 34. Yeah, and it's the opposite for um, Palace because <clears throat> they could have a really good double game week in, in 34 of West Ham and Newcastle both at home. But then Ooh, they, yeah. they play Man City, Man City and Liverpool just before that double game week. Mm. So you, you might be looking to transfer in Palace players in 34 and that might benefit people free hitting in that week because they can get triple Palace. Yeah, that's lovely actually, isn't it? For people who are definitely free hitting 34, they'll want that one to fall. Yeah. So so much so so much like depends on uncertainty still, doesn't it? Like if we knew specifically what fixtures, it'd be so easy just to use review, solve everything with the you know fixtures as a hundred percent chance of being there, and you would look at EV and you would know right this is my best route quite clearly. But that's the interesting thing at the moment is that we're balancing what comes out best in terms of the expected value, but actually how much value do you credit to uh, uncertainty, um, the potential for things to go wrong. Um, yeah, having yeah, there's just so much more to take into account than that, and there's there's a lot of subjectivity to it as well. Um, what about the second half just, of that question, Ben? Around um, yeah, uh, yeah, other fixtures maybe outside of that thirty four and thirty seven. Oh, well, right. we can move on yeah, to thirty seven, so can't we? There's a slim chance in thirty five, thirty well, a decent chance in thirty five or thirty six that um, Brighton, um, Chelsea. So Chelsea will probably double. I've got it as an eighty percent chance of them getting a double game week in 35 or 36. I think 36 would be more likely. Um, and it'll either be Chelsea Tottenham or Bryson Chelsea, probably. Maybe an outside ch- chance of Arsenal Chelsea moving there to 35 or 36. Mm. And it's kind of dependent a bit on how Brighton do in the Europa League. So we might get some clues about that if they were to lose like heavily away at Roma this coming week then the chances will, will shift a bit for who could double in, in that week. I think Brighton-Chelsea would be more likely to move to 36 if that happens. Mm. And then you can, that could shift other things around on, on the projections. It's all quite fluid and, and difficult to predict at the minute. That's interesting because I thought when I looked at review, I thought those the likelihood of the fixture being in 35 and 36 was a bit lower than that. But maybe that's not been updated or maybe that's just a different opinion and I listened to the podcast that uh, Planet FPL did with James and Sudge, 
you know, James went through all that in so much detail in terms of European fixtures, how that influences things, and there's so much to account for. Like again, I guess it's fairly subjective, but yeah, eighty percent is pretty. Um, that's really interesting, actually. Very interesting. Yep. So Chelsea, I've got them as a hundred percent chance of doubling in thirty-seven, and then they've got like a seventy, an eighty percent chance of doubling in in thirty-five or thirty-six. So everyone will have triple Chelsea by by then, because no one, I don't think anyone's going to free hit in thirty-seven or very few people so it'll just be like triple triple Chelsea that for the end of the season I think for, for everybody yes yeah and, and in um, in 34 we could also have a blank game week for the Fulham Liverpool but fairly unlikely yeah uh, Fulham well that, that's the, the question is like where does Everton Liverpool move to because I, I think James and I and a lot of other uh, the other people who predict fixture movements were kind of fairly sure that it would they prefer to move Everton Liverpool to game week thirty four mm. because it would be that Everton's last home game if they played it in game week thirty seven, and like maybe the police wouldn't want that. But then like I think James heard from someone that he trusts that they're looking at moving it to thirty seven, mm. and uh, if that happens, then I think Fulham would blank. Yeah, yeah, Fulham is the team would be most likely to blank. But I've currently got. Currently got Everton Liverpool as 50-50 as whether it's going to move to 34-37. It's like maybe with the TV companies, maybe they would rather have Everton Liverpool in the final week because it's such a big game and it could affect the title race and the relegation zone. Yeah. So you have to balance like when you're predicting things like do the TV companies win? Do the do the does the Premier League win? Like who whose opinion is holds more weight? It's it's hard to predict these things. Is it all quite political, Ben? Like behind the scenes with the TV. Companies. I don't know. I'd like to. I'd like to see what happens behind the scenes, but I'm, I'm yeah. not really sure. But I think the TV com- companies often get what they want, unless it's like really unreasonable. Unless like someone's going to complain about that. Um, I think so, that they normally get what they want. The, the Premier League haven't contacted you yet to get involved in these meetings. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe eventually. Um, what the most likely? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. That's really helpful. And I guess that just gives people an overview of kind of the big picture, particularly for those who are out of the loop, um, as well. Um, a really good question. Like this next one, because a lot of people are potentially going to wildcard in thirty-one. People who aren't free hitting in twenty-nine, free hit thirty-four, and then bench boost thirty-seven. So this is from Sue. Check yourself. Great name. Um. Any worries that a thirty-one wildcard and a late bench boost in thirty-seven? Is too risky due to each club's status, player rotation slash rest. So I guess this is like whether they've got anything to play for, and um, with those last two game weeks, therefore rotation, but also um, things like injuries that can happen between in that period when you're not bench boosting immediately after you wildcard. Did would you have any concerns there, Ben? Yeah, definitely. That's that's one of the downsides to to wildcarding then, but every strategy has a downside has positives and negatives and you just have to to weigh them up and maybe use fpl review to see what which is the best one for you i think when running cells on review you have to like use binary options and 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 like put in a certain set of results try it with that and then put a different set of like binaries in and then try it with that and keep keep trying it and uh, it's a lot of work if if you've got a close decision then it's a lot of a lot of work I just ran a solve like on maybe the most likely uh, set of binary fixtures for for my own team, and uh, the free hit free hit twenty nine route was like six EV ahead, so I I don't feel like I have to 
do much more research. I think that's kind of like the obvious play for me now. But um, so, some people are wild calling this week. Then it's even more of a, of a challenge to get to bench boost 37. Like at least if you're wild carding in 31, you're a bit closer to, to 37. But yeah. I, I don't know how many people are going to be in the wild card 31 camp now, um, now that Richarlison's out and there's players are dropping like flies who are, are fit in, in, in 29. Do you know people who are wild carding this week, Ben, or next week? Well, most of them set up to not free hit in 29. Yeah, I think I think that's the th- that if you're wild carding this week or next week, I think you're looking to free hit in 34. Mm. Um, I haven't Tell, seen many yeah. people talk about wild card 27, 8, and free hit 29 because it leaves you exposed to 34 and 37 because yeah. they're going to be different teams doubling in those. I mean, Chelsea. If Chelsea had got a difficult FA Cup draw, then you would have thought Chelsea are going to double in, in both 34 and 37. Mm. But um, but they got an easy draw. They got Leicester at home, and so it looks like there'll be no teams doubling in both thirty four and thirty seven. Yeah. Um, so you want a different team for both. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, I, I had a thought. This is this is escaping now. So move on to the next question. What my main thought on that was basically it must for people who are wildcarding this week or next week. Um, I don't know whether it's tricky to like sort that transition between 28 and 29 because obviously it's fine for Luton players but part of me thinks because you're wildcarding so early like do you really want to commit to now you have three Luton players in your team and you're going to have to transfer them out wild, rather than wildcard out of it and with Bournemouth players if you go triple Bournemouth for the for their double they then all through them blank then the next week so it must be a bit of a fine line to to navigate I guess for people with that strategy yeah on the solve that I just Ran where it was wild carding this week with a free hit in 34. It only had one loosened player in my team in game week 29. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah. I think I'd just have just have Doherty. So but start it, with it two, is my... two, two for the double and then takes one out straight immediately for the next game week. No, just it, it has one. it just has one for the double. Mm. Yes, yeah. which is a bit a bit curious, but it's mm. it's because it needs to leave your team in a good enough shape for all the single game weeks leading up to 37 and then game week 37 itself as well. So that, you don't want to be filling your team with, with loosened players. I don't based think. on based on those solves you've run for wildcarding this week or next, is that a potential for you, Ben? Or have you kind of ruled that out based on the results of it? Um, well, I was thinking it might be an option after Richarlison's injury. But um, with Richarlison being out, I can't just take the hit for a Bournemouth player this week instead of next week. And continue with the free hit twenty nine plan, but like I, I did have to run an, another solve just to check there was still a big enough gap in EV between wildcarding now or free hitting in twenty nine. And like I said, it's it's a seven EV gap. Um, the free hit twenty nine is seven EV better for me, but for some people it'll be different, and some people wildcarding is more viable this week. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. And it's just good when the game's at this point where you've got loads of different strategies and they're all viable. It makes it all way more interesting because there definitely have been like seasons in the past where I've played the game and before I knew you, Ben, <laughs> I would just, it would get to this period and I would look at your Twitter and it would be like, right, this is the clear way to play the game. And it's not very team dependent this season. It makes sense. Whereas this season, it does feel like in general is way more um, team dependent than it is even normally. Uh, and I guess it has been the past two seasons because of random cancellations with like 
uh, royalty dying and COVID um, as well. But this, yeah, this season, like, it should be a normal season, but actually it feels more team dependent than normal. Um, well, that's what it feels like to me anyway. Is that, do you think that's the case? It did feel that like that yesterday. There was kind of like an even split between the three. There were three like chip strategy options. Have I, have I gone through them all? I think I've, I've said them all. Like one of them is the wild card 33 hit, 34 bench boost 37. The other one is three hit 29, wild card 35. And the other one was wild carding early and free hitting in 34. So wild carding this week. And they were all kind of like, People were going for all of them. But now with Richardson being out, I think there's way fewer people now who are looking to tackle Game Week 29 without a free hit or a wild card beforehand. So I think there's, there's a, a, a much bigger camp now of free people who are looking to free hit in 29 and wild card in 35. That's that's become more solid over the course of the week. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's still it's still interesting though, and there'll be lots of routes from there as well, and there'll be more uncertainty with how the the doubles fall in thirty four and thirty seven as well. So that's really good. Um, yeah, good question though about the bench boost later in the uh, later in the season. Um, this next question is really good. Um, how much oh, I've not actually written down who sent this question. I'll have, I'll have a look once I've read it out. Um, how much EV would you place on the info we're going to receive about game week thirty four and thirty seven? For me, this is what this person says. For me, free hit 29, wildcard 30 is 3 to 5 EV worse than wildcard 27, free hit 29. But that's based on fixture probabilities rather than actuals. So which is actually better? So how much value do you, you know, we touched on it briefly earlier, how much value do you actually put on that uncertainty? Or how much value does that remove in some situations? Yeah, do you have any thoughts on that, Ben? It's it's hard to compare. Like running it on probabilities maybe is it a problem because i think it's been covered in other podcasts you, you want to run it in binary so it'd show your transfers as they definitely w- would be if you only give a, a fixture a 50 percent chance of, of happening then it, it wouldn't transfer in that player it would like ignore that player almost so you want to run it in binaries then compare all your plans and then see if you like if you're on average about three or five ev worse then you save your your wild card and you, you gain the EV later. If there's a, a big gap, like what I've got, which is seven EV of a gap, then I think the wild card, it, it won't cover that gap for me. Mm. And I'm um, just going with the free hit plan. But it, yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard to, I think Sertlap has got um, his solver where he, he makes it a lot easier, but I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm too stupid to work out how to work. <laughs> to work that can't i can't the understand all the, all the code and i wish i could because it would make it a lot easier yeah yeah I, yeah i can't either um yeah so i actually posted this question in one of our like analytics chats to get the people's opinions on it because i didn't really uh yeah wasn't really sure how to approach it and this guy jc replied who was on that latest podcast with set up and he said um we don't actually often reach the top line or at least the top line itself changes quite quickly I would say it's worth doing some robust robustness testing, see how early wildcard holds up. If fixtures end up in a different scenario than the main one, wildcard 30 should know that info, but some fixture scenarios will be less fruitful. Seeing how much early wildcard drop, um, drops off versus struggles in certain scenarios should give you an idea of how much the info value of waiting is, i.e. if it withstands lots of different scenarios with minimal EV loss, then info value of waiting is lower and vice versa. Um, and that, yeah, it, I had to read that several times before I got my head around it. But 
essentially by because there's lots of unknown information if if you're using review and you apply particularly with key fixtures a value of one to their certainty rather than having them as a probability um and you do that with various different scenarios you'll i guess be able to paint a bit more of a picture um of what the optimal strategy is based on various different outcomes and how robust your strategy will be if certain things uh, do or don't do do or don't go certain ways. So I guess how high risk your strategy is, you'll get an idea of that, and that gives you helps you to paint a picture there. Um, but yeah, there's just there's a lot of subject subjectivity in it. But I thought that was a really good, really good response. Uh, and yeah, a lot of it, you, you might run a lot of those solves and realize actually this strategy is best for my team. But actually, it's high risk because if this particular fixture doesn't fall, then it suddenly becomes way worse. But I don't know, some people might be okay with that. Other people might not be. Yeah, and there's the nightmare situation for people who uh, wildcard in 31 um, is that there are no double game weeks in game week 34. Or there's only like one or two people double, double game week uh, with a double game week because there's a chance that all the game week 34 postponements just move to the midweek in 34. It's like it's it's unlikely, but it's it's possible. Mm. And then you'd you'd be really regretting if you were taking hits now to get ready for game week 29 and try and prepare for that with the wild card in 31 and the free hit ready to use in 34 and then 34 becomes nothing and you just like they need to free hit in game week 38 and hope to to gain some advantage from all the rotation in 38 but that would be the nightmare situation yes yeah great we'll move on so we've only got a few questions left so we're, we're nearly there um really simple one if you're wild carding this week then would you have harland in your team Oh, that's a difficult question, isn't it? Let's, let's see what. Um, yeah, I think review on its latest solve has said that I would have Harland, and I would hold Harland all the way through if I was. Yeah, I think it's saying the front line on a wild card is Harland, Watkins, Solanke. So I think when I when I ran solves last night, it was there was no Harland in, in, in my team. But now now it's saying on a wild card, I would I would have him so it might depend on things like team value as well so when i i ran a solve with wildcard this week and then free um free hit 34 um and it yeah had harland from the beginning and then a transition to switching him to seller in game week 30 and then getting him back by game week 34 sorry and then you didn't need to get him back by 34 because you were free hitting it in case um man city played doubled there it wouldn't matter because you're free hitting it um but i think also that might be my team value my team value is extremely low it's like 102.7 or something. And some people are like, I think Weeks is like 107. Some people, most people like 104, 105. So that might be a team value thing for me that it, for me, it suggested start with him, then switch to Salah. But yeah, one thing's for certain is that you definitely need a route to get Salah from game week 30. Um, I think he becomes higher priority, but ideally you have both from then. I think for me, it might have to just, if I'm free hitting in 29, I think I just fade Salah and hope he doesn't, hurt me too much in, in 30 well it depends on the on the double game weeks but i think it, it has me going to Salah in game week 31 in in that so it'd be a bit it'd be scary not earning Salah in, in in 30 against bryson yeah 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 completely great uh just a few more questions uh that sorry that last question was from the blues fpl and the question before that i looked it up it was from uh it was from I've lost it again. <laughs> uh, I'll try and find it again. Um, so this next question from Erland Sviland. 
What do you think a game without wild cards and free hits would be to your benefit? This is the third season in a row where I think I would be better off compared to my mini league rivals without one, even if this stage of the season is where I gain the most on them. Yeah, what do you think about that? Would the game be harder or easier without chips? Do you think? Um, I think it wouldn't. It wouldn't be to my benefit. I think since the chips were introduced, my ranks have been much better. I think it adds an extra level of strategy to it and creates more hard decisions. And the more hard decisions you've got throughout the season, the more like chances you've got to gain on the people who might not make as those decisions as, as well as you might not do as, as good a job with those hard decisions. So. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I, I started taking the game more seriously when the chips were introduced that my ranks started getting better or if it's, I don't know, but I think I've definitely appreciated the, the chips being introduced in FBR. Yeah, I, I kind of think my overall rank would probably be better. Uh, yeah, it's better with chips, but I think if there weren't chips, I think in terms of engaged players, there'd be like a real benefit to analytics in the sense of that long-term planning would be even more important because you don't have the particular wild card you don't have like that kind of like get out of jail for free card if you've if you're like struggling so that's the one where i think actually if there was only one wild card all season for example and long-term planning was more valuable um yeah i think that that would be interesting or say we had like less transfers for example again that becomes more that long-term planning becomes more valuable but maybe then there's more variance involved in the game as well i'm not sure um, but yeah, certainly an interesting one, and um, it'd, be an inqu- it'd be an interesting question to ask someone who plays the Sky game, maybe, because they have yeah. overhauls, don't they? But they have to be in a certain game week, so you don't have you don't get to gain the advantage of planning when you play it. Um, yeah, interesting one to ask Luke, who's, who's doing very well in Sky, I believe, this season. Um, yeah, the two really straightforward questions to finish. Um, oh, that that great question earlier was from Overnight Success FPL. Um, Two to finish from Evor FBL. Ben, how will you celebrate if you get top one K for the first time? I don't know. It's it, I'll just just be happy. I won't do anything special. I'll just <laughs> I'll obviously post a, a, a kind of braggy post on Twitter and yeah, yeah people say accuse me of bragging, but I, I will be happy. But it's not it's not the be all and end all. I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be like devastated if I don't make it. No. Okay. Yeah. So your heart's not set on it. I would, um, yeah, I think you should do something to celebrate. You should at least, someone should buy you some champagne or something. It's been a long time. I'll see, people, I'll see people the the following weekend at game week 39, get, uh, the, the Birmingham thing. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be good. Some in-person bragging as well. Um, yeah. Great. And then I guess like a question we always do at the end is like captaincy for this week. Um, we won't go through our team specifically for this week. I don't think people are particularly interested in that. And we well, this is Saka, Haaland or Salah if fit. We know Salah's not fit. So are you captaining Haaland or Saka, Ben? Haaland, I think. It looks like there's a big enough gap there. Last week, it was a closer decision. I mean, yeah, like on paper, Saka looks really good, doesn't he? Because he's away at Sheffield United. But uh, I don't know. Do you have do you have vibes about the Manchester derby? Do you think Man United are going like, to do a good job defending them, defending Man uh... City? No, I don't have any vibes, but I, I think there's something in the fact that it's a derby. I do, I do think there's something in the fact that, in terms of minutes, that maybe like a player like Haaland, even if they're three 0 up, or I just think he's more to play more minutes. Maybe I don't know, but that's just literally that's just my perception. Um, yeah. That might not be there might not be any truth behind that at all. Um, yeah, last week it was like pretty much fifty fifty. 
it was actually my 30th last week and I had it was like my 30th celebrations on the Saturday night and I it was 50-50 between the two and I went for Haaland because I wanted to just not <laughs> I didn't want Haaland to score a hat-trick when I hadn't captained him just before I'd celebrate my 30th and it to impact my mood <laughs> um, <laughs> if I didn't have that maybe I'd have captained Saka I don't know I, I can't say for certain it's very easy to say now that I would have done I don't know um, but this week I think I'll, I'll captain Haaland I think it's I've got their minutes slightly different as well um, on review compared to default and have Haaland 0.3 EV ahead. So at the moment, that's fine. And we also tend to see Haaland, as you get nearer to the fixture, in terms of the market odds, he tends to get better for whatever reason uh, as well. So I'll probably captain Haaland, but if you want to captain Saka, like, absolutely do it. It's definitely not a stupid captaincy goal. And even like Son's not even that far behind them this week. So if you really fancy taking a risk and like you're chasing rank, for example, and you're miles off where you want to be. Like, yeah, I definitely wouldn't put anyone off doing that. And it's not it's not a straightforward one. Um great. And then that I mean that's all the questions we had. I just wanted to ask you, Ben, is like, has anything changed in terms of your um your plans over the last you mentioned before the pod you'd run a couple of solves. Like what is your plan at the moment, basically? If you had to guess what it, you're gonna do. It is to do Richarlison to Son instead of Huang to Son. Because Squan could come in useful maybe next week even if he's if he's fit, and then instead of taking a hit for Bournemouth player next week, I'll take one now because if Solanke didn't start, then I'd I'd be getting Charlie Taylor off the bench, which I don't want. So it's best to do Charlie Taylor to to Sinesi, and then I'll have to start two out of Sinesi, Solanke, and Walker. Starts two and bench one, and I'll just have to make a decision on that. Um, but it I think might end up benching benching Sanessi, which is what review is saying. Yeah. But I'm taking the hit just to get uh, coverage uh, from a, in case Slanky plays zero minutes, and it's a hit that I'd be taking next week. So it's bringing the hit forward. Yeah, that would. I mean, that would be my instinct. Would be you'd take that hit, but you just bench them. I think it's. I think it's fine. Yeah. I think at least you have that coverage because you might need the player anyway. And it, if it's a move you're definitely going to do next week anyway, which you know, the only risk is an injury or something. But you pretty much know that. Uh, because of the um, the double, I'd probably do that. I need to rethink my plan because I, w- I was really set on the plan of just getting through twenty nine without um, free hitting it, and that involved bringing taking a minus four this week to bring in Son and to bring in Ross Barkley. Uh, but you know, because I'm now free hitting twenty nine, I need to run some solves and find out what I'm going to do. Um, I think I'll probably end up buying Palmer. I think now uh, I don't own him. I sold him last week, and because I'm now free hitting twenty nine, I think that probably makes a lot of sense. Um, as well. Do you have Palmer, uh, Ben? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it makes sense. I just get him straight back in. To be honest, I think that might be. The he play. got really good. Has he got really good fixtures? Is, is that he's got. Is? He's got Brentford, Newcastle, Burnley. The next three, which is pretty good. He's just a great asset, yeah. isn't he? On penalties, pretty much ninety minutes. And you don't. He... You don't think like Tavernier, Tavernier with like a double game week, and then maybe a double game week in, in thirty four. He could have like mm. two more fixtures. And, fixtures than Palmer but I suppose Palmer's nailed on and, and Tavernia doesn't start every game so yeah that's true yeah. I guess I guess I've not thought about the fact that I need to um yeah maybe, maybe I'll end up doing getting Son instead and Son and Tavernia and taking minus four who knows I need to kind of look at and where my team looks now in terms of injuries because I'll just have a quick look at it now yeah in terms of this week now yeah if I don't do anything I'll be starting Solanke there's no guarantee he plays I'll be starting Pal Torres there's no guarantee he plays. I've then got Doherty, Doherty first slug, but I don't particularly want to play. So I, I, I can probably just get away with one transfer. 
I'm starting Bruno Fernandes at the moment. So yeah, I think maybe a minus four this week instead of next week might make sense as well. Yeah, maybe I'll go for the Son and Tavernier. Tavernier, however you say it. Go for that route um, rather than just going to Parma. Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a look at it. Um, great. Have you got anything else to add, Ben, or should we end, end the pod there? I think that's that's everything, yeah. It's been good. Great. Um, yeah, it's been good fun to be back. Um, we don't know like how regularly we're going to do the pod now. We're just going to play a bit by ear, hopefully more regularly uh, from now until the end of the season. Thanks very much for, for joining me, Ben. Really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, really appreciate you guys who listen. Hope you enjoyed the episodes. And yeah, good luck with all your planning. Have a good game week. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me, Sam. It's been good. No worries, mate. Bye, everyone.